Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello Church, welcome to this next in our series called Anchored. We're reading from a passage in Hebrews chapter 6 where it talks about us having an anchor that goes into the presence of God behind a veil and it is a hope that is sure and steadfast and it enables us to be completely sure of what God has done, what he is doing, what he's done for us in our lives. It helps us to calm the storms of our emotions. It's an amazing passage. Let me read it to you from Hebrews chapter 6. Starting from verse 12, he says, Do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So he starts by saying that there are a group of people who we can imitate, who have inherited God's promises through faith and patience. And we're going to be looking at these people today. So just put a, a bookmark in your mind about that. He says, imitate this group of people who have achieved this. But then he goes on to say that Abraham did it. When God made a promise to Abraham, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And so Abraham inherited that promise. And then in verse 18, he says, by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. It says we can have strong consolation and we can lay hold of something, this hope, uh, because God cannot lie. And then in verse 19, he says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Friends, this is my prayer for us as a church and as the Christian body worldwide, that we would have an anchor for our soul. When the world is blowing us all over the place, when the latest theory or idea is saying this, run after this, run after that, we would have an anchor for our soul, that we wouldn't be blown about by every wind of teaching or every weird idea, and we would be steadfast. It says it uh, enters the presence of God behind the veil in that holy place, the holy of holies in the spirit realm, but also pictured in the temple, the holy place. And it says the forerunner, Jesus, has entered, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus was our big brother who broke through into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, made it possible for us to put an anchor in there that never moves. It's sure and steadfast. Now, in my first two talks about this, we talked about the spirit realm. We talked about the heavenly Holy of Holies. And it occurred to me that it is all quite theoretical and esoteric. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's possible for us to get all caught up in ideas and thoughts about this, but it never changes our lives. Tomorrow, when we wake up and we have to face the challenges of the world, how does this truth change me? How does it affect me to have an anchor for my soul that goes into the presence of God where Jesus has done the work and laid his blood on the mercy seat and made me forgiven and where God's unchangeable promises are there for me? How does it change my life? 
And he started this passage by saying, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then he goes on to describe it. And what he is saying there is that there is a group of people who have done this. They have put an anchor into the presence of God. They have a a sure and steadfast steadiness in their soul that will never change. And just a few chapters later, in Hebrews 11, he describes those people and he goes through them one by one. Now, I don't know if we're going to get through them all today, but the reason I want to go through this passage is to show you what it looks like for you and I to have an anchor for our soul, that it's not just a theory, it's not just a doctrine, it's not just an idea for us to debate and discuss, that it changes your life, my friend. So, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. He starts off by saying that this hope of the presence of God, this unseen reality behind the veil, when you believe it, when you have faith and you add that to hope, it becomes the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Suddenly it becomes real for you and it's no longer just a wish or a dream. I wonder if you've stepped into that place where you say, I know that Jesus has done this for me. And if you have, it says the elders obtained a good testimony. That means they said good things. The words that came out of their mouth started to change and they said, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. But also God spoke well of them. They obtained a good testimony from God because later on it's going to say that faith is what pleases God. So evidence of things not seen, this unseen presence, the the anchor underneath the water. uh, When we add faith to it, it becomes a substance, something that's real in our lives. Verse three, he says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It gives us a perspective on the whole world. When we put this anchor into God's word and into Christ's finished work on the cross in the holy place where he put his blood on the mercy seat, it gives me a whole new perspective. I understand the world and the spirit world, and I know that what is seen is temporary and was made out of that unseen spiritual realm and it changes my perspective by faith i understand when you put that anchor in it changes the way you look at the world and things that used to really worry you and upset you are put into a bigger context of eternity and god's power and it changes the way you approach life you may still have the same problems when you wake up tomorrow morning but you approach them differently because you say i am founded in god God's spiritual realm is more real and more powerful than what I see with my physical senses. And I know that God is with me. Verse four, he says, by faith, Abel, and this is the first of our heroes that we're going to look at, offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, uh, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead still speaks. Cain and Abel were two brothers. Abel put the anchor into God's presence. He really wanted to obey God. He trusted in God's truth. And as a result, he offered a sacrifice, an offering that was acceptable to God, whereas his brother didn't. 
Uh, he was just going through religious motions. And when we do this, we are able to obey God in a way that pleases him. We're not just going through religious motions. And it brings about everlasting results because it says that Abel uh, still speaks even though he is physically dead because he put the anchor in, his obedience lasted forever. I wonder if you're getting excited about the benefits of putting an anchor into God's word and God's presence. Verse 5, by faith Enoch. Have you heard of Enoch? He's one of the amazing people before the flood. And it says that Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him and he never died. God just took him straight to heaven. And in verse five, it says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He walked with God on a daily basis. He was talking to God and listening to God's voice in his heart. And he pleased God. He was such a friend of God that God said, I'm going to let him escape death. I'm going to take him straight to heaven. And we can walk with God. When you have this anchor going into God's presence, you can be in the middle of a stressful business meeting, in a supermarket, in traffic, and you can tap into God's presence. You can be walking with God on a daily basis, and it will change the way you live. Verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. So we please God. When you put in this anchor into what Jesus has finished for us in the heavenlies, in on the mercy seat of God's temple in heaven, that his blood has paid for your sins forever. When you believe in that, you please God, which is amazing. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, built an ark, obeyed and saved the human race. And this obedience of doing things that are, are uh, seem illogical. You know, many people, most people believe it had never rained until the flood. And so when Noah said to everybody, there's going to be a flood, they said, what are you talking about? He said, it's going to rain. They said, what is rain? And then it took so many years for the flood to come that people thought he was mad. He was building something for an event that nobody had ever even heard of. And yet he saved all of us. And that's what happens when you put your anchor, your hope, your faith into God's word and what Jesus has done. You are, are different from everybody else, but it's based on things that are not seen. And so it, it just gives you a whole different perspective and a way of living. By faith, Abraham, verse 8, obeyed when he was called. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about Abraham now because... We speak about Abraham at length in the passage. But just one thing it says in verse 9, it says, um, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, Abraham grew up in um, Ur of the Chaldeans, and he moved to various different cities in his life, including the Egyptian cities, all the great cities of his day. But it says that he was waiting for a city that had foundations. And that shows me that he was putting his hope into the unseen realm 
the reality of eternity, the spirit realm, which will last forever. Because no matter how great a physical city is or how big its foundations are, the Bible says everything physical will pass away. But when we have an eternal perspective, Abraham affected history and his family was saved. Isaac, verse 20, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So Isaac blessed his two sons. He, he laid hands on them and he blessed them. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worship leaning on the top of his staff. So Jacob blessed his descendants. And then verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. And what I want to show you here is that when you have an anchor going into God's presence, if you go in every day, study God's word, worship him, you enter the presence of God behind the veil and that hope is sure and steadfast. It affects your children, your family and your descendants for generations to come because there is a legacy that you are leaving. When you speak words of blessing, because it's coming out of the place of God's presence and his power, it affects your children. Your children are blessed. They're protected. I think of Samson, who himself lacked self-control and was not a good follower of God, but because his mother served God, he was blessed and protected. I think of Samuel, who was blessed because of his mother, Hannah. There are so many in the Bible whose, whose parents blessed them. Timothy, his mother and his grandmother. And as we go into the presence of family, are blessed. Can you see the benefits of putting an anchor into God's presence? Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So this is talking about Moses's parents. Um, his mother Jochebed hid him in a, a basket of reeds on the river. It was a, a crazy thing to do because Pharaoh was trying to kill all the young babies, the male children, and she trusted God. She prayed, she put him in the river, and miraculous things happened. The child was saved, and then she was hired by Pharaoh to be his nursemaid, and Moses was brought up as a prince in Pharaoh's palace. Just the most amazing story, but what it says here is she was not afraid of the king's command. Friend, fear is a big part of many, many people's lives. Many people are motivated by fear of poverty, fear of other people's disapproval, uh, fear of the future, fear of calamity, fear of disease. And it says that when we put our anchor into God's presence, when we daily go and we look at God's promises, when we gaze upon the beauty of his glory, when we look at what Jesus has done, a once for all sacrifice for our sins, and we realize God accepts me, he loves me, he's forgiven me, not because of anything good that I've done, but because of Jesus. When I go into the presence and I put that anchor in there, my soul is kept safe, sure and steadfast, and I'm no longer afraid of anything that this world could do to me. I pray that that blesses somebody today. Your children can be blessed. You can be free from fear. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer 
affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. How did Moses see past this great Pharaoh and the great armies of Egypt and see the king behind the king, God himself? He saw him who is invisible and it motivated him to reject all those worldly temptations and and intimidations and to serve God and to set God's people free. The reason is because he was trusting in that presence behind the veil. And he was putting his anchor in deep. Friend, you know, God has something for you to do. We started this organization called Leading Lights Network because we believe that there is an army of Christians who are sitting doing nothing where where God has empowered and called them to do something for him. Lots of different ministries and different things. Some in the church they're in, some to start something new. But God has a calling for so many people. And I want to encourage you, put your anchor into God's presence, read his word, start trusting it, believing it, seeing the spirit realm as more real than the physical, and it will change your life and you will start to do great things like Moses did. Verse 28, it says, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. It says that they put the blood of that year-old spotless lamb over the doors of their houses when they were in Egypt. And because of that, the Passover kept them safe. The angel of death passed over their houses because they put the blood on the door. This is so relevant for you and I, my friend. You may feel fearful. You may think there's this virus stalking the land and and it's going to get me. But we put our trust in God. We put the blood of the lamb over our doors. We say, but I'm not good enough. I haven't been a perfect follower of God. He says, put the blood over your life and trust. And that's what Moses did. And he was kept safe and he went through the Red Sea, even though there were armies trying to kill him. When you put your anchor into God's presence, it changes your life. Can you see how this is very practical and very real for us? Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Do you remember they were told by God, the nation of Israel, to walk around the walls of Jericho. Jericho had these huge thick walls. It was an impenetrable fortress and they were told to do something very strange. Walk around for seven days and then on the seventh day, do something different and eventually blow the trumpets and the walls of Jericho fell down. We are sometimes, when we're in God's presence and in God's word, we are called to do things that don't seem logical and that other people don't understand. But if we obey as they did, when we put our anchor in deep, we see amazing things happen. We see walls crumble down. I can't tell you the miracles that I've seen, which in the earthly, natural way of thinking should not have happened. But because we are going into God's presence and obeying him and praying and trusting him, walls will fall down in your life. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me 
to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, <laughs> worked righteousness. You know, some of these things that these guys did, Gideon was approached by God and he said, I'm the least of my tribe and my tribe is the least of the nations of Israel. And he was hiding in an underground cellar and he was the most timid of men. And Gideon was raised up by God to do something great, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. And these are normal people. Barak, Samson, Jephthah. Barak was the one who had a tiny um, army. And there was a, a, there's a whole story about a miracle flood that came in and enabled him to do something that he couldn't do. Samson was weak and he kept failing and yet God's strength came through for him. Jephthah was an illegitimate son. He was an outcast. The rest of his brothers rejected him because his mother was a prostitute. But God used him. Um, David spent time in the secret place. He, again and again in the Psalms, he talks about, um, I will hide in the secret place of the Most High. That's putting a presence into God's presence, to go right into God's presence when Everybody else is doing other things. David was found worshiping the Lord in private and gaining strength from the Lord. And it says they did all these great things. They overcame amazing obstacles. But it goes on to say that it sometimes comes with a price and, and it's not always easy. It says they quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness. They were made strong. They became valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And suddenly the, the mood changes and we see that there are sometimes trials that go along with serving Christ. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you also. There is persecution. Definitely, it comes with, with some hardship as well, but it's worth it because we see the bigger picture. Verse 36, others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. The world was not worthy. You see, if I know there is something better to come, I can endure any hardship that this world can throw at me. Paul said, I consider that these present sufferings are not worth being compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. He says, so I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When we put our hope and our anchor into God's word and God's presence. It enables us to overcome great things, but there is hardship as well. And we are able to get through it because God is with us and because there is a bigger context to what is going on. And then the last couple of verses say, and all of these people having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. <laughs> God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. He ends the story of the heroes of faith. He says none of them received the same promise that we've received, which is they didn't have Jesus yet. 
They were looking forward to Jesus, whereas we have Jesus. He's died for us. He's put his spirit inside of us. They had God's spirit upon them for certain purposes at certain times. We have God's spirit inside of us. We can not just go into the presence like they did in a temple. We have the temple within us and God's presence and his spirit dwells within us and will never, ever leave us. And so he says, um, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Friend, just as we are looking at them as the heroes of faith, the very next verse, Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, they are looking at us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance this race that is set before us, throwing off all these weights and sins that entangle us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. This inspires me. I look at this great list of heroes and I say, look what they did. They are looking at us and they're saying, you are doing greater things. You have God's power in you. You have Jesus' death on the cross that has made you perfect forever. And the power of God never leaves you. It is within you. Father God, I pray for myself and my friends who are listening to this right now. I pray, Lord, for your blessing upon us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to rise up to this level of faith, to imitate those who with faith and patience inherited your promises and to do greater things than them. I thank you, Lord, for Jesus' death on the cross that will never change. I thank you for your promises and your word, Lord, that will never change. I thank you for the power of your spirit that will never leave me. And I thank you, God, that with you, all things are possible. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.